Are you ready to replace your tower with a mini PC? And oh noes, do you buy a GeForce GTX 1070 or a GTX 1080? This and more on episode one of The Full Nerd. Welcome to The Full Nerd, Episode 1, recorded May 24th, 2016. I'm Gordon Ma-Ung with Brad Charkas. Hello. And, and our special guest, Elena Yee. Hello. Behind the camera is Adam Patrick Murray. Pause to let him cut into that. Bam. Okay, Adam's cut out. And this week we take your questions, discuss whether you should buy a GTX 1070 or a 1080, and get into Intel's badass mini nook called the Skull Canyon with our small PC reviewer, Elena Yee. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, it's not bad. Small PCs. It didn't screw that up too badly. Yeah. Who, who, buy those? Who's, who buys those? I don't know. Tell so me. obviously the cool thing is the Skull, I can't, I can't get it right because I want to call it Skull Trail. Intel loves skulls for people who don't know. They, for sort of like well, when Intel gets badass, they're like, oh, okay. Devil, Skull. Devil, Skull, but they yeah. Skull. Oh, there was a Devil's Canyon, wasn't there? There's Devil's Canyon. Devil's Canyon chip. I have one in my okay, right. system. Yeah. Right, right. They're hardcore. So here it goes. What do you want to... So, Elena, what can you tell us about the Skull Canyon? That's it. I got it right there. Yeah, way. I mean, it's a lot easier to say this than its actual official name, which is like Nook 6i7KYK. Yeah, they do. <laughs> is that actually the name of it? That is the official, I think, name for it. They, their, their whole Nook line has these really unpronounceable... like. Yeah. They go by model numbers. It's like yeah. a, it's like a Best Buy stocking SKU number. It really things. is. So it's like Nook six, which is like sixth generation, right? I seven right. is the part, and then KYK. I guess is it's like designation. Wait, so Nook. So it's it's you can read off of it. It's got a screen on it. What? It's an e reader. So you're saying it's a Nook. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that came Very up. Very funny. <laughs> you know, when they first came out with the original Nook, it took us like, I don't know, months to figure out, do we call it a Nook, a Nook? What is it? Is it a Nuke? Like, what, what is it? <laughs> Drop the Nuke. But it's a Nook, right? It's a Nook? Nook? I, that's how I pronounce it. Mostly, I think, because I picked it up from you. Oh. So. <laughs> I think they corrected us on it, but I, I think it's actually, so what it stands for, what? Next, Next? unit of computing. Whatever uh, that means. Yeah. So the original form factor, I've got like my all my friends here, as you can see. They're not like birds where I feed right. at this night. Is, this, of course, is closer to the original. This nook. is more the nook. original form factor. So it's like kind of like a four by four square. Well, for for the audio people, let's paint a word picture. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, right. Sorry, gotta, I keep forgetting. Sorry, audio people. So the so the Skull Canyon Nook Nook. I don't know. I think we're just gonna settle on our our nook. original Nook. Nuke. <laughs> N-U-K? No, I is forgot that, now. Is it N-U-K? See, it's just like Inception. Like Once I've said it, it's now a virus. You can't forget. <laughs> can't undo it. it. So the original form factor is pretty much a square brick. Um, it's four inches by four inches, roughly. Uh, the original was a little bit taller, a little bit beefier. The one that I have in front of me here is the last generation, the Broadwell one. Core i7 part inside. It's a silver sides, black top. Um, for the new... Core i7 uh, Skylake one that I have in my hands right here. It is completely different. It is like eight inches long. It's maybe it's half, like, a, like about it, maybe almost for, an inch in height. It's like a cassette it's tape a, for older people. 
it's now bigger you have to than go a cassette look, tape. Now you have to go look up what a VHS cassette tape is. Betamax, like maybe? People. It's a beta? Yeah, I don't even though. It, it, you guys, you probably have never ever seen a Betamax. I, I have. I have. What? Oh, I yes, because you work in video. <laughs> Brad, have you ever seen a Betamax cartridge? No, or, not in uh, person, only on the internet. Wow. And Elena, you probably like, what's that? No, eight track tape. I'm not that much younger. I think Brad and I are the same age. Yeah, but, <laughs> but Betamax, that's like. No one knows what a Betamax is. So it looks like a VHS tape, basically, right? A little bit, yeah. Doesn't... But there's a huge difference between I'm picking up the 4x4 Nook, Nook, and this <laughs> is Broadwell, but it's, it's, I mean, it's fairly powerful what it is, but this is much faster, right? Absolutely. So the Broadwell one that I, we have right here is a dual-core processor. Right. So a very thermally constrained, especially given the form factor. Um, God, I didn't even look it up before I came over here. I'm guessing it's like a 15-watt part. Uh, um, yeah, I think it's a U mobile yeah, part. Yeah, it's a U part. Um, the Skull Canyon one here, this is a 45-watt part. It's quad-core. Um, has I, I mean, they both had Iris Pro graphics, but the just the leap from right. the gra- Iris, Iris Pro graphics in the Broadwell one to the Iris Pro 580 in the Skull Canyon one is, like, insane. This is Which one's in the Broadwell? Is it the Iris Pro? Is it Pro or Iris I think it's 6... I can't... Thousand, I forget. It's it's been a while since I last right. reviewed it. So, but this is, but that basically kicks the ass of this one, the bigger one. Absolutely. So, I mean, so, oh yeah. Oh, Sorry, Brad. Go for it. So you were saying the uh, one in the New Skull Canyon is forty five watts. Yeah. Wow, it's. I mean, it's, you can't see yeah. it if you're listening in, but the old one, despite being fifteen watts, is so much thicker than the new one. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Right. Although this one, to be fair, this is the one that takes a SATA drive, right? No. Yeah, so it's it's that height not because it's for you know cooling or anything that it's the height because uh, you can fit uh, in another drive in there. Right. This so, one you can't. Okay. If it didn't have the SATA drive, I think it's only about an inch and a half tall, which yeah. is pretty tiny. Yeah, diminutive. it's still pretty okay. diminutive now. Um, the original was still pretty beefy without, I think, having that extra right. slot. But so Iris Pro five eighty five eighty five eighty versus I think sixty two hundred or something in this. Yeah. But this is, but the graphics performance on this kills this thing? Absolutely. It's actually impressive. So, I mean, when we were talking earlier, you're giving me a lot of crap because, you know, I come from a console, console. game. I come from a console gaming background. I completely own that. Me too. I, me you too. Know, <laughs> well, you know, for what Lena and Adam don't realize is like console people, like, um, like <laughs> when you get to IDG, uh, PC World, like we get badass stuff. Brad, you know this. I got like three 4K <laughs> panels in surround. That's from my work environment. Elena, she's like, she got the same thing. She's like, I don't understand what this high resolution is. I'm a console gamer. I need like a 1080p <laughs> screen. Yeah, and actually, I need a 720 because I'm an Xbox person. Yeah, I was about to say, it's not even 1080 on, on some of those. Uh, right, right. So uh, I'm just burning you. Just a little. Elena does play games on console, but she's a PC person at heart. So I am. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, I overbuild my PCs because I, I build it. And I'm like, well, I did it. I'm Well, I'm going to go play with my friends on Xbox One now. <laughs> well, and, and also, I came from a console background. But in part, because of this guy sitting right here is how I got into PCs and PC gaming. We had to... Um, we had... We we go around sometimes in the summer. We identify key individuals in in the industry <laughs> to to, to convert. It's, it's well, it's not really a conversion. It's more like sometimes you get people. You know, they're at the airport and they're bugging you. You know, and they're in a robe or something. Adam was like that. Yeah. Well, we I, kidnap them. I mean, I I guess it's kidnapping. We bring them home. We bring them to a place and then we deprogram them. He put he put me in the. Uh, 
the recording room of the Max PC podcast, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, just in the corner, blindfolded, and I just heard him <clears throat> rant all day, and I just wanted to be as cool as him. So, well, we know. show them what it's like. Like, okay, this is 1080p, 60 frames a second, right? This is what. Okay, now this is what you're seeing on your console. That's what we uh, really, we, yeah. Then we that's flash 60? it back and forth. I'd, I'd and say it, 30. It programs. Okay, programs. so that's a great point, right? <laughs> so right. I know you're going to give me crap for this. <laughs> so console gaming. I'm not saying 30 frames per second is fast. I'm saying like like that's the bare minimum you need for it to not be painful. It's like pieces of flair, right? Well, you need more pieces of flair and in 30 frames per second. Technically, up. 24, right? That's film. That's right. You know? It's better because it's like, so. Yeah. My background, 24 should be. No. It's true, and no. you know, how did this derail into okay? So getting back <laughs> to this, it's so fun. It's just too easy. <laughs> getting back to the original point, I was how fast make, is was, it? So with this machine, you can actually, the Skull Canyon one I'm pointing to, you can actually hit 30 in, um, so I would say the new, like recent games, fairly recent, okay. GTA V, oh. Shadow of Mordor, lowest settings, not pretty at all, but you can actually play at over 30. 30 frames a second, 1080p. Yes. Right. Which I think is really impressive for something this small. I Yeah, I mean, you got to give it to him. That's well, for IGP. Well, for Brad, he's like... Look at that pile of video cards. He's like, are you joking? <laughs> I love the face. I've got, he's I've like got a very little diplomatic. AMD APU powered thing back here to test too, actually, to put AMD's version to the test. Yeah, I'm sure Brad is like, yeah, but um, for <laughs> the GPU guys, that's. But I mean, for an IGP, is that? Well, I guess where is that in like the IGP world, Brad? But, I mean, like, like, look at the size of this thing. This is the size of, 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 a cassette, of a discrete of a video cassette. card. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, like this is the size of an entire like discrete video card. It but is, right. is this is a whole system. Is that what it's for? You just though? held is that up, and I gotta gaming? say that skull actually looks pretty awesome to me. Pretty badass. Yeah, but Adam has a good point. So, and of course, when I w- I went to the launch event for the um, skull skull canyon, and they actually I I played it um, just, just cause three. Yeah. I think it was like low to medium settings. Not great, but it was definitely 30 at 1080p, um, which that's, I mean, from IGP, which has been a laughing stop for graphics for forever, um, that, that ain't yeah. bad, right? Well, I mean, and I mean, this is, you're not going to expect like crazy performance out of this, right? This is more like Minecraft, League of Legends, you know, yeah. hey, on TV, right? I mean, what? Mm-hmm. You can play CSGO I, on that, right? Yeah. Oh, you can play CSGO on a Raspberry Pi pretty much. <laughs> but I would say, I mean, something like this I think would be awesome for like a home theater PC because we're talking about 1080p, but so many TVs are still 720p. Like the, if you went out and bought the first generation of uh, HD TVs, you got 720p TV. Sure. And if you bump stuff down to 720 with something like that, that could be pretty appealing. Small form factor and everything. I mean, yeah, honestly, well, I think this is actually way overpowered to be like a home theater PC, my, my personal opinion. Because, I mean, you could uh, do a lot of that same stuff with the Broadwell version. Um, maybe not the gaming stuff so much, but for actual like home theater PC stuff, you know, you want to play um, your, your streaming, that kind of stuff. Right. But, I mean, honestly, when I think if you're going to spend about this is so this is 650 bucks the Skull Canyon one that's for the bare bones system bare bones so, so you, you have you to add? add like another you have to add at least the ram and then the storage drive these support operating system yeah operating system so you're looking about 1000 bucks wow. do they do they give you wi-fi and do they give you the the power cable now too they, uh, they oh they yeah have for a I while guess, so that now. just tells you how old school i am so yeah. the original for the original nook nook damn it 
<laughs> the original one, the original unit they shipped to everybody was like, yeah, uh, go buy your own Wi-Fi card, and then uh, we don't give you a power cable. Yeah, we're no, like, why would you not give? Well, I mean, you had the power brick, but then you had to go buy the special cable, like the Mickey Mouse part, yeah. the Mickey Mouse cable. And, and, and Intel was saying, <clears throat> well, uh, everybody's got one of those. Yeah, but it's like 50 cents. Can you just throw one in the box, man? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, well, you don't expect it, not to get the power cable. Yeah, it wasn't like a PS3 that didn't ship with a HDMI cable and the new like new 3DS didn't come with the, the power adapter. Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah. There's, there's a present I can for, see for HDMI. companies That's, not doing that. But the power cable is kind of weird. But um, sorry, don't want to derail it again. I, I derailed it myself there. <laughs> Shame on you. So Wi-Fi uh, card is soldered on now. Okay. They, uh, I think they stopped uh, with the whole idea that people might replace it in the future. Right. Um, yes, and you do get the power brick. You also get a, a plain faceplate as well, I guess, if you're not into the skull. Um, and there's like, I think it's a 120-watt power brick that comes with this. Pretty beefy. And you were actually, you measured the how much power this thing consumed under load, right? It was... Yeah, I think this one got up to 72 under, like, really strenuous load. Um, that's pretty high, but there's... A, so there's this a gigabyte bricks that I brought with me. This so, is a red box that's yeah, the size of... Yeah, red and black. And it's really good looking, but this thing screams when you use it. And the chip in there, I think it's... God, I forgot. I think it's like an APU, 8... APU, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's AMD parts in there. And so it's just loud. It's power hungry. Uh, it doesn't have the same performance at all as the Skull Canyon right. Nook, but it yeah. it takes about the same amount of power. Like when this one was under load, I think it hit about 70. Oh, okay. Yeah. Holy smokes. But it's I mean, crazy. so obviously the graphics, 580, the Iris Pro 580, that's not bad. You're looking at maybe 1080p gaming, 30 frames a second or 720 Maybe 40-ish, 50-ish, maybe, you think? Well, I mean, those are recent games, right? So right. I was talking about Shadow of Mordor. That one was the most intensive. That one got just, you know, 32, I think, okay. um, the lowest settings. But GTA Five, I dropped everything to normal. Nothing switched on, like no anti-aliasing and nothing. And that got about 50. Okay. So it was pretty smooth. It's I mean, it's not, that's not the magical, like, 60 threshold, but pretty And smooth. actually on the CPU side, because it's a quad-core... It smokes all the dual cores, I'm guessing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, so we do a handbrake encoding test. So we take a, a large MKV file, crunch it down into an Android tablet-friendly MP4, one of our standard tests. And on the dual core, it took about hour, 45 minutes. On the Skull Canyon, the quad-core part crunched in like 45. Nice. I mean, that's significant. And it's not that much small. It's not that much bigger than a, than the yeah. other Nook that's, you know, 4 yeah. by 4 by 2 and. That's eight by four by one, right? So, of course, I guess the question is, do you guys think little tiny machines like this will replace the tower PC? Uh, Yeah, I know it's a stupid question. (laughs) They're all no stupid questions. (laughs) I think think actually the industry is moving towards smaller, and I think smaller is better for most people in life. Uh, what do you think, Elena? I'm kind of having trouble seeing with this Nook. Uh, it's so small, and it just you know gives you just enough performance with uh, gaming. Who do you think something like that is really for? Like I picture like small form factor PCs, mini ITX being in yeah. the near future. What do you think about something like this? So 
I honestly think of this thing as for the person who doesn't really have like a low ceiling on their budget, but really cares about how much space they have, like say in their living room or even on their desk. And they want to play some games, but they also are thinking of this more as a work machine. Like they want to do some content creation. They want to have some, you know, measure future proofing in that regard. And they don't really particularly care about how pretty their games are. They just wanted to play smooth. Eh, see, I know. Yeah, I know. No, I mean, there is, there is, we all laugh, but there are a lot of people who do play. We laugh, but look at the right. Steam survey. Like, there's actually a fair number of people who respond to that survey, and they're playing on old integrated graphics. Like, like most, yeah, most people are using old integrated graphics. Yeah. So, I mean, as much as the, there are the people out there who love their full, you know, full tower rigs, and those are gorgeous. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And they're like, they have a pile of video <laughs> cards. There's a fair number of people out there who just want something that's small, not going to be that loud. And honestly, the fans on this aren't that bad. It's not even louder than, say, like that Dell XPS 15 that you tested a yeah. while ago. Yeah. And they just want to like, have it out of sight, out of mind, and just do their thing. And of course, the, <clears throat> the, the Skull Canyon has that one secret trick, right? If you do want more graphics power. Ah, that's right. So one of the big features on this. So it's funny because Intel is really pushing this hard as a gaming machine. And on the integrated graphics side, you're going to get a bunch of people who are going to say, you know, I'll never replace my tower with something like this. And it's obviously not designed for that. But almost to kind of cover their bases, they've been touting the uh, USB-C port on this because that has Thunderbolt 3 support. And, you know, Razer's supposed to be coming out with their... Uh, external cabinet. Right, the core, Razer yeah. core. Mm-hmm. So that you can just pop in external graphics card into that uh, cabinet, plug it into this, and you should be able to run your graphics over that. Right. And then you get, you know, better frame rates, running yeah, things get, on ultra. You get uh, real real gaming performance at that point. Yeah. The, the, the problem I have with that is that I feel like all the external cabinets we've heard about, because I think Asus was supposed to be coming out with one. And I mean, we've seen some from what, like Alienware... Right. But those are proprietary. Yeah, the Alienware is proprietary. Yeah. And the Asus one is a little weird because I use two Thunderbolt um, ports. Actually, yeah. it's it's a little it's it's a little different. So I don't think it's right. Work with so I kind of feel like in some ways they're banking. And MSI has one too, but that's yeah, proprietary. Right. And uh, they're kind of banking that selling point on things that may never come to be or may not ever be popular enough or execute well enough that it's like a real option. So I'm yeah. kind of like reserved about how I feel about that part right now. It does. Uh, is, is the Razer Core out yet or is it not out no, yet? No. It was supposed to ship in April, I think, but no word yet. Right. And, you know, I actually saw it at CES. It's, it's you know, it's like, it's like any Razer product. It's, it's beautiful. It's constructed like it's, it's, it's way over engineered. And that's why the cabinet itself, I think, wasn't going to be like $500 at first. I yeah, 500 bucks. Yep. Did they cut the price or I, because I, it just seems like. That's a hell of a lot of money for an enclosure to hold your video <laughs> right. card with the power Because then you're going to still pop in what at least, I mean, seems like a waste. But if you popped in even what, like 750 Ti, that's a $100 card, and you're still looking at $600 for external graphics that right. isn't even the highest end. Right. And, and you know, the interesting thing is, is the Alienware um, for the amplifier, that cabinet, not, it's not built as nicely as the core, obviously, and it's, it's pretty big, but it's... It's cheap. Those things are like $180, $200 on Amazon right now, which is crazy. Should I put insert Amazon link? But that, um, 
Yeah, but you can only use them with Alienware. You products. can only use it with Alienware. But you know, I actually <laughs> talked to Alienware about like, are they gonna go away from, you know, using their proprietary connector? And they're like, yeah, we we are looking at Thunderbolt tonight. I would imagine that they're going to transition that cabinet over to Thunderbolt eventually. So I mean, it'd be good if they did, because then it would give people more options in general. Yeah, I, you know, I, it's kind of one of those things. Like this, it seems like yeah, I'm not going to pay five hundred dollars for a cabinet, but I expect pretty soon we're going to have these external GPU cabinets for like one hundred and fifty bucks, right? No name knockoffs. I'm, I'm really curious to see how this goes. I was debating some people on Twitter about it the other day, actually, because you know one of the big promises of Thunderbolt Three is that we can do these external GPU things now, and you know you can use them with any graphics card, with any laptop, so on and so forth. But they actually, the laptop makers have to enable support for Intel graphics switching, or maybe the AMD equivalent. And I'm really curious to see whether or not you know these Alienwares and so on and so forth, the other laptop makers of the world, actually take that step to enable that to allow universal functionality or if they're going to try to cling on to proprietary docs. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I, it's probably just a matter of how fast I can get rid of the old ones, I guess. And then, <laughs> But, you know, I, as one thing you, you got to give MSI and Alienware is they had their products on the market a year, uh, more than a year ago. So yeah. here we are a year and a half later, we still don't have external graphics even using a standard. So that's that's a problem with standards versus proprietary stuff, right? So proprietary lets you do it really fast, as Apple knows. So to, to back <laughs> it up for a second, we, you were asking if this would replace a, a tower. Oh, right. Uh, obviously, no. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to you know have a really beefy tower, and then they're going to be like, eh, I want something small. you know. Uh, so I'm going to switch to this. So taking that out of the equation, I mean, who is this for? Is this for somebody uh, who was previously on a laptop? that wants to have something sitting in their cabinet? Is there somebody who used to be on a, a game console? I mean, who who is coming in, coming into this? Yeah, I who is that person? Feel, so I outlined one potential, you know, sort of category of that already. But I also think, again, this is it's not about money. You're not going to buy something like this because you're on a budget, right? So again, putting that out of the equation as well. I can also see this as somebody who is for whatever reason having trouble with like Steam in-home streaming. You know, it's just not working to have it, you know, basically being downsampled and then like pushed over to a living room PC like for Like a them. Steam link or anything? Exactly. And so this, th- you can just play it natively right off of this piece of hardware, this computer really. So it's, it's, it's a Steam machine without the <laughs> title, right? Yeah. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Uh, I mean, I'm just saying like there's a lot of like these very like niche like use cases, right? So that's mm. like one I could see. Mm. Someone who's just like, I got money. Let's just start, you know, spending it on cool hardware or like, you know, high-end hardware. Right, because you're always going to, I mean, because anybody's going to read that review, they're going to see 650, plus you got to bring your own hard drive RAM and OS. They're going to be like, yeah, I could build a, mach- a full gaming tower for the same price with right. a lot more power, right? Well, I think this is just like the other nooks were. I mean, it's Intel trying to push form factors where they want them to go. It's And they're charging a high price to justify making them, and it'll appear to some niches, but it's really them just trying to push things out where they want it to be. Right. I mean, they actually did an AMA, the team that does, like, designs the nooks. They did an AMA, and there were, of course, all the people asking the same question you were. Yeah. Devil's advocate, right? Was it every fourth question? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, why would I abandon my full rig for this? And he's like, nope, that's not what you're doing it for. And there were people who were chiming. It was really interesting. It was like half the people were saying things like that. And about the other half were people who were super excited because they were using this for like homebrew, like I think servers and like mm. 
like networking stuff. And so I think you'll see a lot of people who, for whatever reason, might want to stash it out of the way, but need a lot of firepower for that. Somebody for who, for whatever reason, takes their computer with them on the road because they don't want to deal with like uh, the constraints of a laptop. I did that. I, I traveled for a week to visit a friend in the Midwest. And instead of bringing my Surface Pro, I decided that I was just going to take over their spare monitor and just hook up the older Nook that I had. Did it work? Yeah. Okay. And it was a lot easier because the TSA didn't make me take that out of my bag. <laughs> yeah. That's actually kind of handy. Or you could check it. Well, I, I don't know if you'd want to check it. I in, hate checking my stuff. Yeah. What would they do? They'd be like, what the hell is this box of circuits you're bringing on the plane? With a skull <laughs> on it. Well, I guess it is TSA. Yeah, with the skull. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. They were at C- what C- one CES. I'm going to derail it here, but at C- one CES, a motherboard vendor gave everybody a uh, hand grenade as oh a. My gosh. Uh, that was their giveaway. It's like you know, we all have to get onto planes. <laughs> Our, you know, it wasn't a functioning hand grenade, but um, <clears throat> okay. So, final word. Would we replace our towers with the Skull Canyon Nook? Who's going? First? I wouldn't replace my tower with the Skull Canyon Nook personally, but I can. Uh, I would definitely see myself with another slightly bigger, small form factor PC. You know, a mini ITX machine. I could see. I could see it getting to the Nook eventually, but I'm not there yet. Yeah. Lena? I I also would not replace it, but I would supplement it. Yeah, but Adam, no replacing. No, not never for high end video production. Hard, full production. I, you know, I, I'm kind of, I would, I'm like Elena, I'd probably have this around for maybe the living room. It'd be awesome just to have a badass living room computer, right? Mm-hmm. That you could do like, hey, you play CSGO in the living room. So I, I could see it. Uh, One of our contributors, Jared, is actually really excited for, to see how this goes because uh, he's actually really excited about that Razer Core functionality. He considers this like the birth almost of the modular PC where you can just keep this as your hub and then replace graphics cards every couple of years or something in small f- swarm factor PCs. Not <laughs> Obviously, PCs are modular. Right. So small apartment dwellers, it's pretty handy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to move on to our next topic, which we promised we were going to cover, and that is to help people decide whether to buy a GTX 1080, which obviously buy one, or should you buy a GTX 1070? Brad is the man with all the information on the 1070, but we are, of course, in that uh, weird space where Brad cannot talk about everything he knows about the 1070, but hopefully we're only going to talk about public things that will not have Jensen come down here and smash our heads. So you, you didn't get in trouble after uh, last week's discussion, Brad? I didn't. I'm okay. not sure if they watched it, okay. but I didn't. Good. <laughs> Great. So we have another round to try to you know push some stuff out of you. So, uh, well, uh, NVIDIA actually released a bunch of new information over the past week about the GTX 1070. We were the, actually the first site to confirm it, uh, where they released uh, how many CUDA cores, the base clock, so on and so forth about the GTX 1070. And uh, it's basically like three quarters of a GTX 1080 inside. Does it look like hmm. the ratio that we got out of the 970 to 980? Uh, the 970 was a little beefier in comparison to the 10 to the 980. Um, like that was when you broke down all the numbers and stuff, it was like eight, slightly over 80% of, uh, GTX 980. This one's 75 ish. Oh, that's pretty close though. And then, um, Ram same. 
or less? Uh, RAM for the uh, GTX 1080. It has the cutting edge new uh, GDDR5X. Uh, the 1070, which is going to be $380, you know, uh, much more mainstream price point than the $600 for the GTX 1080, um, has traditional GDDR5 RAM, but it has nope. uh, 8 gigabytes, so more than enough. Oh, I didn't realize, I, I wasn't paying too close to the attention, I didn't realize this, it was GDDR5, so instead of GDDR5X. What, what, is that, what does that lose as far as band, memory bandwidth go on paper? Uh... I mean, it's a little bit faster. I yeah. mean, the uh, the GTX 1080s memory is a little clocked a little bit faster. Right. But I haven't seen it in action yet, so I don't know. <laughs> in in practicality, that he can talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? So the question, because I know you know, we all if we rewind the clock back to the 980, 970, right? Because I remember it was like, yeah. wow, 980 is awesome, and there's like 970 so close. Why the hell would I pay the extra what three hundred dollars? Remember was it? It was like $200 more for the 980 over a 970. Right? Yeah. So people like, everybody's like, this is crazy. It seemed like they, the 970 killed the sales of the 9, 980 to me from a, yeah. like what I'd want anyway, from a, actually spending my own money. Um, on specs, not based on performance, um, are, is 1070 going to like do the same thing to the 1080, you think? Um, it very well might because the difference between 380 bucks for a 1070 or 450 for the Founders Edition and uh, the 600 bucks for a 1080 that's a lot of money, man. You could that's a serious upgrade. And uh, if you look at the GTX 1080, it's about 30 percent or so faster than a Titan X. And they've said that uh, Nvidia has said that this will be roughly on par with a Titan X. And looking at the way the numbers break down, it Seems accurate, so I mean, tight next performance for three hundred and eighty bucks. That's a that's a hell of a deal. God, but that's assuming you can get one at three eighty right away. Yeah. Otherwise, you have to wait for a while before it comes down from that founder edition's price. Yeah, that's the debate. We don't know what we're going to see yet because they've announced all these things. They've already put out the reviews for the GTX ten eighty, but the first GTX ten eighty even isn't even supposed to ship for three more days. On the 27th, and these aren't hitting the streets, these being the GTX 1070, until uh, June 10th. So who knows what we're actually going to see at that on those dates. Um, there's already been plenty of leaks, uh, if you go to those shady sites on the internet that are for enthusiasts, that have uh, <laughs> third-party uh, vendor cards, though. So I have a suspicion that we'll see all their variety of price points when all these things happen. What's that? Clicking up, oh, never mind. Um, <laughs> I heard we heard some. I think Brad sound. was tapping. He was he was being oh, really? a drummer. I was thinking there were zombies trying to break in the door. <laughs> that would just suck. You'd be like, mm-hmm, yeah, recording. It was you open the door and then suddenly the room would be full of zombies. That would just be whoops. You would just be stuck in the video recording room all day. We have a vent. We were good. Yeah. No, but then you'd have to like, oh my god, we need to get help. You'd have to like put out a call, like somebody watching this video, please call the anti-zombie squad. So, um, That's when you need one of those order of 10 triangles, man. Those things are deadly. The <laughs> things they use to promote the GTX 1080. Oh, is that what? The, oh, right, right. I never, I, that was a lot of math, it looked like, to figure out that puzzle. The, for people who don't know, NVIDIA sent everyone these, what, big metal triangles <laughs> to sort of like hype 1080. And yeah, you had to Illuminati. use lots of math to figure out what the answer was. And what was the prize? It, I was thinking, oh, a prize is you get a 1080. But no, it was like you get to go to the event, I think, right? <laughs> Yeah, that day you got to go to the event, and they've been doing uh, daily puzzles since then, and people are going to win various things. Oh, wow. 
All off that? Okay, man, that because that that's you like, missed I, out, Gordon. You missed well, out. Well, no, I looked at it, it's like well, so there's two kinds of people in the world, right? There's there's Jeopardy people. You watch Jeopardy, it's like oh, uh, that name of the river in Africa that's shortest. I, I don't know. I don't know the longest you know <laughs> landmass along this part of that continent. I don't know that. So you can be Jeopardy person or you could be Wheel of Fortune person. I'm a Wheel of Fortune person, right? Like, <laughs> can I buy a letter A? You know, whatever. Okay, go spin the letter. That's easy. That's why I like, you know, you watch Jeopardy so you know, like, wow, I really don't know anything. And now you look back on your life and you realize if only you'd watched Jeopardy when you were a kid, you could have won a GTX 1080. Oh, uh, yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> Dang. I think, it, I think it'd have like an NVIDIA like show where you – or. Or a hardware show where you give away hardware, but you got to solve the puzzle. But I guess they couldn't do the Wheel of Fortune style because they'd give away too much hardware then, right? Mm, How about the Price is Right? You can play the Price is Right for hardware. There you go. How much is this Founders Edition GTX 1080? (laughs) Uh, So so if you're going out, sorry, Brad, we're going to get, I'm going to make us go back on topic, even though I'm the one driving the train (laughs) off the tracks. I'm going to try to get the train back on the tracks. GTX 1070 versus mm-hmm. GTX 1080. If if I'm a, if I'm building a new rig, I play at say 1080p. What should I buy? If performance for the GTX 1070 is indeed Titan X style performance, like Nvidia says, I wouldn't even buy that for a 1080 rig, unless you're looking to get 1080 for. 144 megahertz for like crazy online shooty games right for a 1080p 60 i mean i think even this might be kind of overkill so it might actually be better to even buy something cheaper like a 970 still around are they yeah i mean i just bought one yeah yeah for my rig they're delisted Oh, we were talking a couple weeks ago that 970 will never hit 200 bucks there was one on sale the other day for 225 bucks wow that is getting close where Ah, I forget. Micro Center, Newegg, I don't know. Oh, yeah, because she's like, can I use your computer and buy it right now? <laughs> no, no I, I wouldn't get a 970 right now. But, I mean, well, $200. I wouldn't buy anything right now. Yeah, oh, true. I guess we have to wait for 1070 performance, but, like, eh, boy, that makes it tough, though. You're looking at 200 bucks for a 970 versus... Then you could sell that kid that video <laughs> card. All right, kid, you could 200 bucks. I'm gonna, you <laughs> can take, take this 970 and take this i5 Skylake part, okay? That's, like, you're looking at... You're looking at 1070, no CPU, versus 970 and basically 80% of the i5 Skylake part. That's, that's man, that ain't nothing to just, like, well, then you don't feel bad, you know? just Well, that's only if you are planning to play at 1080p, though. Right, but I mean, you know, but, 90 per, well, 80 per, I don't 70, know what it is these yeah, days. Yeah, 70%, 70% percent these days, 75%. No, I know, but I'm just saying that's Not just under that players. assumption. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I'm actually thinking of upgrading to 1070, honestly. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because uh, I've been playing at 1080 for a while because I'm too cheap, honestly. Lazy. One of the two. Um, I'm a slick dealer. I love bargains, so it's just really hard for me to sell See, that's that why she went to run out and buy that. Though. Yeah, I know. She's going to buy 10 of them and then resell them on eBay. <laughs> In for two. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was actually thinking of going up to 1440. Oh, okay. See, I think that's a great idea. Like, when I first reviewed the Titan X last year... Um, Various people who sell Titan X's and Fury X's were giving me crap because I they're all peddling it as a 4K card. And I'm like, eh, you could get it on 4K, but what these really are are like the ultimate 1440p card. Yeah. And if, you know, the GTX 1070 
manages to equate with a Titan X, then that's really what it is. It's like the ultimate 1440p card. It, and again, who knows until we see the performance, but just based on what they're saying out loud. Right, and you don't mean 1440 with G-Sync. You mean 1440 hitting six yeah, frames a second, like, period. Yeah. Or higher, I suppose, even, if you're doing a high frame rate. High you should still get G-Sync because G-Sync and FreeSync are amazing and they'll change your gaming life. But Really? Yes. Yeah, man, I'm never going back. I've gone... I've put... <laughs> After using a G-Sync monitor for so long, I put a Titan X inside of another rig and started playing Star Wars Battlefront, which gets pretty, you know, decent frame rates. Right. And even that little bit of staring and tearing and stuttering was just driving me crazy. Wow. What what monitor are you using? Um, the Acer something, 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 a 4K. <laughs> oh, yeah, something. that's a good one. G-Sync. <laughs> a 4K TN panel. Wow, this is you know it'd be great to dive into this. We should dive oh, into this other corner. Other time. The oh, Acer XB two eighty HK. Brad pointed and I looked over as though he was sitting in the room. <laughs> oh, oh that's that's realism right there. Yeah, or it just shows you like the power of the force or something like that. You can like not the George you want. It works. Uh, okay, so you okay? Damn, now we're on to we're, we're on to G Sync a G Sync discussion, but for fourteen forty ten seventy, but ten eighty p. It sounds like you almost want to wait for, if we're talking NVIDIA parts, it sounds like you want to wait for another part. I mean, everybody sort of guesses yeah, there'll be a 1060. 1050 or 1060. So that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, my gut reaction looking at what they're saying. To me, a ten- Titan X class performance is too much for 1080p. You're spending too much money. I'm all about, you know, maximizing your dollar. Uh, and then that's the case, you know, if 75% of people still game on 1080p monitors, maybe this... Everyone's saying AMD is looking for mainstream parts to kick it off. Maybe that's the smart idea. You start thinking about it that way. And so, where does this leave the 1080? So, for for 4K would be the because it really is seems like a real 4K card. Uh, yeah. I mean, you won't hit 60 frames per second in every game still with the 1080, but you will come awfully close in pretty much all of them, especially if you bump back down to high from ultra. So it seems like so. So we're saying. 1080, for, if you're playing at 4K res, mm-hmm. and 1440, uh, you know, standard 27-inch panel if you're for 1070, and then for anything lower, get that $200 970, see. or wait and see, right? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't buy Although anything Elena would not buy it. See. You know why she's saying that? She's saying, I wouldn't buy it. Even for 200, if we're 180, I wouldn't buy it. Don't buy it, because she's going to get 10 of them. <laughs> Resell for $200. <laughs> Pay I mean, a, t- a, t- a GTX 1080 could be good if, I mean, like we were saying earlier, if you're looking to drive 144 frames per second and, you know, Call of Duty or whatever, you even at 1440p, you'd probably want a 1080. But for 60 frames a second, you know, 1440, assuming that the GTX 1070 is indeed on par with the Titan X, that seems like the sweet spot for that. Hmm. Okay. And then, of course, AMD, so, cause, so we don't get the AMD hate mail. Uh, nothing. Is there anything new, I guess, with AMD happening in this space, I guess? Yes. Uh, early next month, the first week of June is Computex, which for people who don't know is like, uh, a big trade show that happens in Taiwan where CES is all like people looking forward way far in the future and stuff like that. Here's stuff we hope to roll out over the year. The stuff you see at Computex is like, here's what's coming this year for the holiday season. Get ready folks. And AMD's, uh, holding a seminar, uh, on... 10 o'clock at night, Eastern U.S. time on May 31st to update people about their new APUs as well as Polaris graphics, which is their new 
generation of Radeon cards. So hopefully we'll know something there sooner than later. Right. So a lot of people should just kind of wait, see what happens at least yeah. a few weeks. Don't buy anything right now. Anybody. <laughs> no, just wait. Do what you have for two weeks and oh, then man. figure it out from there. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you don't know. You don't, we really don't know what they're going to talk about, right? So. No, no idea. I mean, there's tons of hints that say they're going, like I said, for the mainstream option, you know, the more affordable price points. And if that's the case, they'll be taking it from a different angle than NVIDIA, but we don't know. Don't know. Okay. I'm yep. going to move us on because we're going to run out of time and somebody's going to actually kick down the door and kick us out of the room. <laughs> we're going to take reader questions. So I th- I th- these are reader questions we put out to Facebook and Twitter. I'm going to read some of them. I should do this ahead of time, but it's actually kind of cool to just randomly select them. Uh oh. And don't know what you're gonna get. Uh this is oh hmm. It's so uh, this person So if you have questions you can send them to what oh, fake right. Gordon Ma Ung yeah, so, on uh, Twitter. Well I and I think we I we have the f- the full nerd podcast at PCworld.com and I think if our IT department has also created it, we should also have the full nerd at PC World. You send a question there, we'll try to answer it. Or you can send us a question to that email address saying, how can we even talk about AMD? You guys are NVIDIA fanboys. You suck. But uh, So that's the place to send us those you suck comments. You know, actually, I, got should- those, I got those on my 1080 review, despite at the very end saying, hey, don't buy anything. Wait to see what AMD does. <laughs> we should like, just oh, have- you're an NVIDIA fanboy. Yeah. We should have an email just for people to, to say, hey, you, you suck. suck. Yeah, yeah, it'd be you suck at pcworld.com. <laughs> Just to say you suck because of this, this reason. That's a good idea. Yeah, that would be a good one. Okay, reader question. Uh, I should have marked it. I want to, I, I want to see, okay, actual question. Oh, <laughs> an actual question. Oh, actually, this is a good one. Here we Wait. go. A good one. All right, this is a good one. I'm ready. Um, Waiting. Oh, okay. This is from Mr. Pips, actually from last time. But upgrading a monitor, is it time to go with 4K 1440 or is 1080 still fine? Mm. Well, Brad thinks G-Sync. Brad or Elena, any opinions on what you... Now, you were actually thinking about going to 1440. Brad, of course, is living the high life at 4K with G-Sync. But I honestly think that has to do with what you're using it for, personally. Well, for gaming. I'm, I mean, I'm for gaming, guess. yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be a while before we see a single GPU card that will, you know... Do 4K at, you know, a locked 60, as Brad was saying earlier, 60 or above. So if that's what you're going for, then I would wait personally. Yeah. Um, just because also there's still not great SLI support or Crossfire support, right. multi-GPU support in a lot of games still. Um, for me personally, I would go with 1440 just because I do obviously writing and editing. I've been finding that 1080p isn't cutting it for that anymore in terms of putting things side by side or like being able to reference different windows. And then for gaming in general, I, I thought, you know, maybe I would convert a little more to the dark side. Yes, okay. it is the dark side, not the light side. <laughs> there is actually no light side, by the way. If anybody has figured that out, it's just simply the dark side for everything. Mm. But okay, Brad. What are your opinions? <laughs> would you do? Would you if you had a 1080p monitor? Would you upgrade to 1440 or 4K for gaming? Is this for gaming? Or is this for general use? Well, I guess doesn't I, really matter. I don't really believe there is such thing as a hundred percent gamer unless you're living in one of those gaming houses and you're on a reality TV show. <laughs> streamer so, house. So streamer house. I think most people you got to do real work, right? So assuming you know it's probably 50, 50, 60, you know, sixty percent work or and then forty percent gaming. 
I think that 4K has come down tremendously in price, but between what you'd have to spend on a graphics card and there's still a little bit of a price premium there, there are benefits there, but I don't think it's worth it for the majority of people yet. Um, to me, the sweet spot is uh, 1440 because you get just enough space on your monitor when you want to be productive. You can arrange several things. Uh, it's a gaming wise, it's a big jump over 1080p. Like me personally, I noticed the jump from 1080 to 1440 much more so than 1440 to 4K. I think the jump from 1080 to 1440 is a huge. You know, you get a lot for your money there, and I think that's the sweet spot. All that being said, I still personally think 1080p is just fine. I can work just fine in 1080p. I can game just fine in 1080p. You can crank settings. You can buy lower price graphics cards, as we were saying. So there's a lot of value for saying a 1080p, especially if you want to upgrade to FreeSync or G-Sync and spend a little extra on that. But if I was buying a new setup today, I'd probably buy 1440, but I wouldn't be feel ashamed about buying 1080. Yeah, 1440 is pretty cheap now, right? I mean, they're like 250 yeah. bucks, 300 dollars. What about you, yeah. Adam? You got any opinions on it? I love the idea of a 4K panel where I can edit video one to one, you mm. know, 1920 by 1080, you know, one to one pixel, and, and not lose any editing space. Uh, but I, I haven't seen any monitors that are like, oh wow, this is good for you know, good color reproduction or whatever for for mm. video. So I, I mean, I think 1440 is fine. Yeah, it um, seems like that's the universal winner. Here, yeah, right? yeah. I mean, at least for now. So fourteen forty for you, okay. So, but if I, you're gaming again, you got to step up. If you're going to do fourteen forty, you got to step up to a nine seventy class card. At say, least, right? Until we see what's coming with the AMD and Nvidia down the line. So there are costs involved there. So really, you know, look at what you actually use it for and what you're going to need. Okay. This other question. This comes from I don't know if everybody's going to recognize his name, but this comes from Greg Viederman, the S the Veed. He had a question. I run two GTX 980 Ti's in SLI and will be upgrading to two GTX 1080s in SLI. My question: Should I wait for aftermarket big coolers or go with reference coolers? You know, the Founders Edition, because I'm hearing of thermal issues on high overclocks and, of course, it throttling is what he's kind of. That's what he's kind of reading some places. And for more information to help you answer this, or to help you answer this. I game on a high frame rate 4K 40 inch television. Dang. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> he's been doing this for years, by the way. So, I mean, he's a ballin'. He used to use a 1080, 1080p television. He'd play games on a 1080p, and I would like say you're crazy, but I mean, because it's just <laughs> like it's a 40 inch television right in your face. All right. You well, got any opinions, so waiting for aftermarket is the, the question. Right. So aftermarket or by reference cooler? I mean, the reference cooler's not bad. It's a blower style, so it'll blow all that crap out of the back of your PC, which is always nice. Uh, But it does, you know, it runs, if you're pushing it full load, it can get up to 80 degrees, maybe a little bit extra. Uh, And they have the back plates on them again, which was an issue with 980 and SLI with the reference edition. Because they came with back plates and it was causing thermal issues in uh, SLI. Um, they say they've redesigned it on the GTX 1080, uh, and you can take a little plate off the back. Oh. Um, but You take the whole plate off if you run SLI then? Yeah, you can take like a portion of the back plate off. Huh. So is uh, that, what's, that, what's that back plate for then, besides charging you more money? Uh, cooling. It helps with cooling okay. in a single 
can and it, yeah, I mean backplates look badass. Yeah, I mean, look cool. on the side cool. of your window, it looks better to see a backplate than open circuits. Right. Okay. So I mean, I'm just wondering if that was like a heat sink. I mean, I always thought it was a. It was kind of odd to me that having the backplate taking it off somehow helped the cooling. But I guess in SLI, if the card's sitting on top of it, it overheats. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's the issue. It's the airflow. That was the issue before. I haven't seen. I haven't personally tested. And I haven't seen any GTX 1080 SLI tests yet. So who knows how much of an improvement that really is over the 980 reference edition, which was an issue. Right. So I would recommend at this point waiting to see at least some Founders Edition SLI results. Or if me, if you know, you're going for that, you know, you're going that balls out anyway, I would uh, definitely wait for a custom cooling myself because they run quieter, they run cooler. I mean, if you're going to be spending, what is that, $1,400 in cards, get the best cards you can get. Right. And I think his, he, he basically has a, a buddy that he sells the cards to at a, at a great discount, enough to pay for one of them. So then he plays for the second nice. one. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. So I would wait. I would wait. But any, so SLI always seems to run better to me with custom cards than it does with non the, the reference design. Because the reference design never have the flashiest, best coolers. Because you got they got to give their partners room to play. So they do get loud too. I mean, the Titan X cards <laughs> you run that for a while, man. Those suckers get. They get I always thought they get. Well, yeah. Loud. He was talking about overclocks as well, and I was able to get it depending on where the GPU boost went. I was able to get it between nineteen hundred and just over two gigahertz on air, but that is with cranking the fan speed. I was able to just hit two hundred uh, plus two hundred megahertz uh and that got really really loud so if you're planning on overclocking i would definitely wait for custom versions right or full go full water cooling on it that that might be yeah the way to do it. that'd be beautiful actually ek water blocks just announced that they have gtx 1080 ready ready mm. to ro- roll when the gtx 1080 does wow nice nice uh next question comes from ash Raman. Is there a way? Well, I'm going to read this. How is there a way to increase dedicated graphic memory? Answer, please. Huh? I can take that. I think if I understand it, I think he's saying is there a way to? He's either so if he wants to add more memory for dedicated in a IGP setup, you basically if you're in a desktop, um, you just add more memory, right? Because IGP um, uses your main memory, so you add more memory. If you're in a laptop where the where it has modules, you can swap the modules out for higher clock, which helps performance, graphics performance, and uh, you can also put in larger ones, so then you can make the, the frame buffer larger. And if it's a laptop where it's basically soldered into the system, you're screwed. There's nothing you can do. <laughs> right? Cry. For what's yeah. worth, if you're doing an AMD APU system, if you spend a little bit of extra money to get higher clocks, it'll increase performance overall too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one thing people forget is, I mean, memory bandwidth. Memory video cards love memory bandwidth, right? So you you throw in higher clock sodiums, you get more performance, right? Although <laughs> it does seem kind of funny. It's like you're doing all that to get performance out of an IGP. So Skull Canyon is different, though. Five eighty is pretty good. <laughs> Sorry, Skull Canyon. No, we're not talking about you. Uh, dang! What Any this? more questions? There is another I, question. I I I've got, I got one. I Brad's, got one. Brad's got on one. Facebook. Oh, go hot Ooh. off the Facebook. I like this guy's question earlier. He was asking, "Don't you only really need a water cooling system if you're running a big giant tower with high end CPUs and GPUs?" No. 
Wait, I don't think yeah. I even understand the question. Is he saying that you he's, only need that? Like you, you shouldn't even consider air or if he's if you, saying that you would only use a water cooling setup in a okay. big tower with high end graphics cards and processors. So it's like either that or nothing. Yeah. He's saying, okay, is that the it. case? That's, that's oh, his okay. question. Would you only use water cooling in a, in a big house custom tower? I took it as what else would you use it for? So on and so forth. Hmm. Oh, well, you can get them in, you know, water cooling the small four-factor box is nice, too. Oh, absolutely, because yeah, well, it's so tight in there. You actually really need that more so than a big one, I would say, because you naturally have more airflow in a big tower than you would in a, you know, small mini ITX box. Yeah, I think of that Digital Storm Bolt 3, right? Yeah. Is that the one? Yeah, that, that was that beautiful. Because was... that, that sort of was a pretty large small four-factor true, box. True. But water cooling is, 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 well, if we're talking about custom water cooling, water custom water cooling is pretty awesome because... Yeah. It, yeah, it really is quiet. It's, it's pretty too. It's pretty, and then you can you can overclock the hell out of the CPU and GPU, and man, it just it just makes no noise. Right? It's amazing, and I'm never gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about those closed loop coolers these days. Yeah, CLCs are nice, but you know, I I kind of wish there was a way to do CLC for multiple pieces of hardware that you know didn't have the complexity, you know. In the maintenance of of a custom water cool, I mean, wouldn't it be nice to have both your GPUs and your CPU cooled on a CLC? But then you've got all these rads going everywhere, you know. I believe at CES I saw something just like that from EVGA that would cool both your processor as well as up to four graphics cards. Was it a so was it an aftermarket kit that you added to the system? Yes, yes, an aftermarket closed loop cooler kit. You just plug and play, basically. Oh, nice. God, how do you do that and account <clears throat> for just the the hundreds of different sizes of cases and where all the cards go and where the coolers get mounted. I don't know how you what so did you was it I mean a true CLC or did you a, you could you change the hose length? Uh I didn't get to play with it that much. Oh, they were okay. just using it to show off their new 980 cards and their new case and everything. Yeah. Yeah, for the true like, you know, lower noise but um Water cooled, you could do a CLC CPU and then do you know a prefab CLC video card too, I guess, and that's just one with two coolers, two rads you got to mount. Yeah, man, that's what I was thinking when I was reading this guy's thing. I mean, for one, I think water cooling is better, like you guys are saying, in a small form factor system because the airflow is so restrictive. And like that Origin Chronos that you you, uh, you reviewed a couple weeks back, that's yeah. like the size of an Xbox that wouldn't exist without closed loop cooling. Yeah, and then on the and, CPU side, it was it was nice. And uh, I know people who have switched to closed loop coolers just because they're quieter. Or they can be quieter depending on the radiator noise. You can get some big fans and it'll be next to silent. Yeah. Oh, wait. Okay, wait. I actually found a question. All right. So have this be the last one. This will be the last question. Uh, this is from James Thames. Is there any difference between Xeon chips and their i5, i7 counterparts? I do a lot of computer animation, and I mostly run into Xeon chips and workstations I use. Towards the lower end of the performance spectrum, the Xeon underperforms and costs a little more. Is the performance price gap any better for the newer models? Since I'm This is all you, Gordon. I have no experience yeah, with Xeons. Uh, so there is a difference. Uh, the Xeons have more expensive features. Um, you can, of course, a lot of Xeons, you can run two processors. Intel disables that functionality in i7, uh, i7 chips. Even at the highest end, they don't let you do that because they want you to buy Xeon if you use uh, multiple processors. 
Xeons also support ECC RAM. Also, a lot of times they can support more exotic types of memory to get you to huge amounts of memory. But it looks like you're looking at a workstation application. So you're not looking at, you know, you're probably not running a 2P box. You're not going to be running, you know, 10 terabytes of RAM. You could probably get by on an i7 in a single processor box. The, the question is whether the advantage the i7 gives you is you can run the clocks up higher. If it's an unlocked i7, like if you do a Haswell E, you can take that eight core part, overclock it to four gigahertz, and that gives you generally better performance in applications that aren't that heavily multi-threaded. If you're looking at a Xeon, they actually sell Xeons for really cheap. You get a 10-core Xeon. I was looking at the price this had a 10-core Xeon Broadwell E. I'm not saying I'm talking about a particular part that's coming out, but 10-core Broadwell E for like six, $700, right? If I, unless I read ARC wrong, but that's a pretty good price. So you're looking at 10 cores versus eight cores, but those Xeons generally are locked parts. So you can't overclock it. So you're looking at pretty low clock speeds, you know, like two, four, sub three. Some applications, you're going to be giving up a lot of performance over, uh, over like a Haswell E with a you know nice little overclock. You take a Haswell E with a CLC to four gigahertz, that's like nothing. You could do that all day. So four gigahertz, eight core versus 2.4 gigahertz, 10 core. There's definitely some things where that i7 will give you more. So I think, honestly, you could, you could make a case for doing the i7. So, um, but yeah, generally the main difference is more features, um, that Intel locks into the Xeon so they can charge you more, but interestingly, it's cheaper for some Xeon parts. It's a little, Intel's price list gets a little weird since they have, don't have this thing called competition from anybody, (laughs) which would be nice. Intel's only real competition right now, sadly, is from within Intel. So, um, that's what I have to say about that. And we are actually out of time. We're not too bad. We'll finish yeah, not under too bad. an hour. Yeah. So this is The Full Nerd, Episode 1, with uh, guest Brad Charkas. Adios. Oh, no, he's not the guest. I just screwed that up. <laughs> oh, co-host. With my co-host, Brad Charkas, and our special guest, Elena Yee. Thank you for bringing this uh, cool nux. I am Gordon Ung. And behind the camera, Anna Patrick Murray gets to say bye and point hey, to you. Hey, see ya. And hopefully we'll see you in a couple of weeks where we have some new hardware to discuss and actual performance numbers. We can get into actual performance numbers of new hardware in a couple of weeks. Sweet. You should definitely tune in for that one. See you in a couple of weeks. <laughs>